Hey everyone and welcome to the Year Was, the podcast all about today that gives you just enough information to effectively be that guy at the party causing all your friends to question, hey, who invited you? Like, seriously, why are you here? I'm your host Michael Montalvo and for the next few minutes we will swim through the river of time to try and find out what makes today truly unique. In this episode we examine the events that occurred August 17th. August 17th has a surprising amount of baseball history. In 1920, the New York Yankees cancel a game in memory of Ray Chapman, who was hit by a pitch and died the previous day. 1933 saw Lou Gehrig play his record-setting 1,308th consecutive game. 1948, the Phillies commit eight errors in a baseball game for the second time. 1950, the Phillies' Pee Wee Reese and the Giants' Sam Calderon hit inside park home runs. 1957, Richie Ashburn fouls and hits fan Alice Roth twice in the same game. While at bat, the first ball hit her and broke her nose, and the second hit her while on the stretcher. In 1966, Willie Mays became the number two all-time home run hitter. And in 1972, Phillies pitcher Steve Carlton won his 15th straight game. Lots of baseball and a surprising amount of Phillies trivia. So with this in mind, the plethora of baseball trivia, you would be safe in assuming that today's topic would be on this, America's most American sport that requires you to throw a ball and hit it with a stick. And we would talk about baseball. Dear listener, dear sweet listener, dear sweet, brave, loyal listener, we are not. Today, we are talking about Korea. So let's take a look at a brief history. The Korean Peninsula has been inhabited for a long time. It's believed since its first kingdom, Gojoseon, was founded in 2333 BCE by Dangun who was said to have descended from heaven. This lasted until the creation of the Three Kingdom period, which came about right around the time of Jesus. Of these three kingdoms, Shila began to establish a greater power and began to extend over most of the peninsula, and by 668 CE, the Korean peninsula had entered into the unified Shila period. This would last 267 years, until Goryeo, in 935. This in turn would move into Joseon in 1392, which would last until 1910, when the Japanese began to colonize the peninsula. Why did they do this, I hear you asking me? Well, according to the article I read, in the 19th century, a rapidly modernizing Japan forced Korea to open its ports and successfully challenged the Qing Empire in the Sino-Japanese War which lasted until 1895 with the murder of the Empress Myeongsun, who is honestly a fascinating woman and one I will have to do an episode on later. In 1897, King Gojong declared the Korean Empire and became Emperor of Korea and held this position while Russia influenced the empire until the Japanese defeated Korea in the Russo-Japanese War. This resulted in Korea becoming a protectorate of Japan in July of 1907, and then annexed in 1910. But here's the thing. The royal seal 
of Emperor Gojong was never applied to the treaty. And because of this, Korea maintains that the treaty is invalid, putting Japan in violation of international convention. Japan, meanwhile, maintains the treaty's legality. So while Korea was a unified territory under the Joseon dynasty, in the 35 years that Japan ruled over them, they struggled to preserve their own culture, as they were forced to adopt Japanese names and the Japanese language. Even the teachings of their own culture were forbidden under Japanese rule. This brings us all to Japanese-controlled Korea, which lasted 35 years until the unconditional surrender of the Allied forces August 15, 1945. You may remember from World War II history that the Allied forces included the Soviet Union and the United States. By 1945, the USSR was advancing into and through Korea and was fighting and winning battles against the Japanese army there. This was all going on while the United States was dropping atomic bombs onto Japan. So when Japan surrendered after the second atomic bomb dropped, the U.S. quickly realized that there was no American base in the country and began to fear that the USSR, which was already on the peninsula with a substantial army, would seize control of the entirety of Korea. The U.S. quickly suggested a compromise of sorts. The year was 1945, and on this day, August 17th, the Korean Peninsula was split along the 38th parallel, which would effectively begin on September 8th. The split was overseen by two U.S. colonels, Charles Bonesteel and Dean Rusk, who chose the divide without the consult of any Koreans, and because it would put Seoul on their side of the line. Using this divide, Korea was split with the USSR controlling the north and the United States controlling the south. This was meant to be a temporary divide with a new form of government, TBD. But the political ideals of the people were a bit at odds, and while the United Nations oversaw elections in 1947 to form a single democratic government in the Koreas, the north blocked it, as they supported a communist leader. To be fair, both sides wanted reunification, but neither could agree on what form that government would take. According to Michael Robinson, professor of East Asian Studies and History at Indiana University, the ultimate objective was for the Soviet Union and the United States to leave and let the Koreans figure it out. The trouble was that the Cold War intervened. Eventually, both the U.S. and the Soviet Union were asked to withdraw their armies, which they mostly did, but the Korean War saw a return to conflict. This would last until 1953 in Armistice, which saw the creation of the Demilitarized Zone, which is the guarded border along the 38th parallel. That's going to do it for us today. If you like this podcast and want to hear more, give us a rate and a review. That helps me out and helps steer this in a direction that is hopefully good for all. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can find the Year Was audio version on your podcast app of choice. You can find me on social media and at YouTube at the Apple Cider Club. And as always, I want to thank the Tim Kreitz Band for our musical theme. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.